Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, Brian, you want to know how disappointing this game was? I didn't even come up with three topics to talk about. Oh, no. It's so hot in here. I'm wearing uh, I'm wearing sleeves. I mean, I'm wearing I'm not wearing sleeves. My background is the Giants. Like, that's how frustrating this game was. Not even not even uh, my green screen is not great. So we're, we're just going to quickly talk about it. I don't think this is going to be a very long show, but we didn't get to talk after the last game, which was uh, the Wiggins game, as you can see by the dunk here. But you know what this game was? And maybe we can kind of start with this. This was very, very much a uh, a Kamudi game. <laughs> like, both in a positive and a negative way, right? Because yeah. they came in uh, in the second quarter. And I think they were a minus eight in their minutes together. And I thought it was an interesting play because they don't often play together unless it's garbage time. Mm -hmm. Usually it's like one or the other. And so Steve put him in. And I don't know if you've seen any of his uh, post game, uh, just his, his talking points, but it very much sounds like he was frustrated with the defensive effort. So maybe he thought putting the young, the young guns in and uh, trying to uh, get some energy that way, what was, was going to be good. But what did you think of when uh, Moody and Kaminga came in at the same time? So we were potting, we were, we were doing our, the BAM pod basketball show and, and it leaked into a little bit of the warrior game. So I missed about the first quarter. I went I went and watched it back after the show was over, but Obi was live watching it and spoiling it for me like a jerk. And, he's like, <laughs> and he was like, Brian, you will like, I want to hear your thoughts. Like when you're watching it back, like what, like at the start of the second quarter, tell me what you think about that lineup. And I was like, I swear to God, if it's Kaminga and JTA and at the same time, that's going to be trouble. But it was Kaminga and Moody. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I, I know that I, I think I mentioned, I think in our text thread that like auto missing, um, Otto Porter Jr. did not play today. So. I, I didn't think they'd give run to JTA. I didn't. Mm -hmm. Okay. Full disclaimer. I didn't watch game three. I was moving. I'm currently in San Francisco. I don't know if you see by the new background we got going on here. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not, not in Gilroy anymore. It's I moved to the city. I am 20 minutes away walking distance from the where the Warriors play. So we were thinking about going to the watch party today. But we what did. about what about from Oracle? How far are you? Oracle, it feels about similar 20 25 minute walk but it's what five minute drive you know yeah. it's, it's so but anyway 
you said that the JTA minutes weren't that bad, even though he was a minus in those five minutes. Um, but I was thinking that Otto missing, you know, Otto's a big, gets a lot of minutes in that rotation. JTA is five minutes. Like, Kamingo had to get some minutes. I honestly thought he was playing today. I just didn't think he'd get thrown in with uh, with that lineup, and I didn't think he'd get thrown in for the amount of time he got thrown in because, you know, I think they've, they've done it throughout the season. This kid, he's a 19-year-old kid. You could probably put him out there for 15 minutes in, in one stint, and he'll, he'll, he'll still keep going with, with a good amount of energy. But I feel like it's a bad, um, you know, it, it's... I don't know if it's a good message to him when you go out there and play nine minutes and 51 seconds that you play nine minutes and 51 seconds. And if I get pulled from that, it's like, okay, I played well there, but it just feels like they needed bodies to fill that rotation. And do you know what I'm trying to get out here that like, so, so uh, here's where I will actually, um, I, I understand, but here's the, here's the thing that, that I, that I think the lesson is going to be for him, which is, you are a rookie during the regular season. We are going to do our best to make sure that, you know, we, we we put you in good positions. But during the playoffs, this is where you get your basketball lesson. And that that first nine minutes or whatever was, was a struggle for him because he was trying to be that energy that they needed, probably doing a little bit too much. Uh, Luca got him a couple times where Luca pretended like he wasn't even going to play defense on him and then slapped the ball away. But what it did was it readied him for the fourth quarter and he had a really good fourth quarter. He was aggressive. He it's funny because when that garbage time lineup comes in, he's the youngest guy on the court. Him and Moody are the youngest guys on the court. Yet he takes complete control on offense. He's just like, oh, mm-hmm. give me the ball. It's my time. You know, I'm going to shoot these shots. I'm going to take this guy. I'm going to do the spin. I'm going to get to the hole. Like Bielitsa is a vet. D. Lee is a bit of a vet. And then Kaming is like, nope, this is my turn. You know, then Jordan Poole came, you know, came in and and, and then Jordan Poole kind of kind of took that over. But those minutes I thought may have not been good in the second quarter, but I think he realized, like, oh. You know, I have to I have to raise my game if I'm going to be in at this point. And and by the second time that he came in, I thought he did that. Same with Moody though. Moody's a little gun shy to shoot that jumper uh, unless he's wide wide open. Mm-hmm. But I thought he also had some really nice situations happen for him late in the in the fourth quarter in that comeback. You know, they were down 29. What did they get it down to seven with that mm-hmm. with that squad? I kind of wish they left those guys in. So does Marcus Thompson. Well, well, right when Steph right when Steph came in, what did they do? They drilled a corner Ow. three right in his eye. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like because you know because Steph likes to help. You know he like sometimes he cheats on defense, and and then he got beat on that three in the corner. I would I would have left him out. I I know you know some people would have said, oh how can you, you know you're making mm-hmm. a comeback. You can't leave that on the table like that. But I was like that was the right lineup. That lineup was a. Uh, you know, probably a plus 20 together in that fourth quarter. And then he made some changes. That was very entertaining. It felt like, you know, we thought that maybe the Moody coming lineup is, is potentially what lost the game, but it's also what almost brought them back into the game. So it was a little ironic in that sense. I thought that, uh, you know, that lineup. And then I think they rolled out a lineup where it was Moody and Damian Lee in like the second quarter where I was just like, Oh, I'm not, uh, what's going on here. 
Yeah. So what do you think, you know, Otto obviously gets a lot of minutes, but I think it was also due to Jordan Poole foul trouble. Yep. Um, and that was really it who was in foul trouble, it felt like. Looking at the box score now, everyone else is three and under. Uh, yeah, I don't think anyone was really... I don't think that was the reason they lost. I think the reason they lost is because the Mavs got hot and they played this really interesting style. Like, I know Charles Barkley wants to say the reason that they won is because they scored some points in the paint. But from how I was watching it, what they did was they were still very Luka-focused, and Luka was kind of baiting the defenders a little bit. Like, he knew who he wanted to throw to, and a lot of this was... uh, Finney Smith was the recipient of this. And so he'd, you know, he'd kind of lull the Warriors to sleep. He'd kind of go in that direction. And then he'd throw like this no-look pass to the corner, and they'd have this wide-open three. It was like the Warriors thought, when Luka does this, he's going to go here, so we're going to try and jump that. And Luka was like, no, no, no. When I go here, I'm going to go here. And I thought he did a really good job of that. And it was almost like um, the Warriors maybe got beat by thinking that they knew what was coming. And Luca was like, I know you guys know that you, you think you guys know what you're, what's coming, but I'm going to give you something different. This is the, the, the chess game that I was talking about, you know, mm-hmm. before game one, which is I, I was in Luca's So such a smart player. I don't even think he played that well. Like he didn't shoot well. He did not for, shoot for well. the most part. Um, I thought he looked a little hobbled. He came up lame a little bit, a couple of different times. This was definitely the game for the Warriors to kind of boat race the Mavs out of the gym, uh, except the Mavs got hot. And then when the Mavs got hot on offense, the Warriors started forcing some stuff. I mean, you know how I feel about Jordan Poole. I love the guy, but I'm also going to point out when he doesn't play too tough because they were pushing him around, they were holding him, and I think it really affected his game offensively and defensively. Like, Reggie Miller's starting to get in on him, too. Reggie Miller's like, <laughs> Jordan Poole, he's got to you know, he's got to toughen up. They're going at him. He's got to hold his ground against the Jalen Brunts. I was like, yeah, like that's that, that has been happening all season long, but he's been so fantastic on offense, like game three, that you sort of, you have to live with it because when he's fantastic, he just changes the rhythm of that game so much, but offensively he didn't have it. So now we're just there to point out his defensive lapses. Reggie Miller was trying to get a pun so badly when the rain was coming down. He like tried it twice. He's like, when it rains, it pours or something like that for the Mavericks. <laughs> but um, Jason Kidd <laughs> did the same thing. Yeah, 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 he did. Uh, but it felt like, you know, we, we were after game one and after game two, like kind of the story for us in this podcast was like, you know, Jason Kidd's been hyped up to be this like pretty good coach who makes adjustments. Game yeah. one, he's kind of just analyzing. You could watch him there. He's not really having too much emotion. He's just watching what's happening. And then when game two and game three kicks in, he's like all over the place. That maybe that was the adjustment. And I like I like how you mentioned that because while you're mentioning that, I was thinking, you know, you're I was thinking of that too, where Luca before he even starts the possession, maybe he's like, okay, if I if I start driving left, Clay Thompson from the right side on the corner is gonna sink in. And like, if he already knows that before he's going to throw the pass, and then it's it's and he's and he's right, then it's yeah. gonna it's gonna get there. So I wonder how the Warriors, not saying that that was the idea, the the mentality in Lucas' head, but if so, like that's pretty deadly. And I wonder if the how the Warriors adjust where it's okay. Let's make the left side, uh, Draymond, who's the floater. Let's let's have him sink in or something. Well, in the post uh, 
the post game little interview that they did right after the game was over, they she asked him about the defense, and he said, "Well, if Looney comes out, then he does this, and if Steph and and Jordan Poole come out, they do this." So it's mm-hmm. pretty clear that he, you know, that he knows he has he has a good sense of what the Warriors are going to do defensively when they when they uh, do the pick and roll. So it's almost like they were running that pick and roll just to make the Warriors react on defense, and the Warriors weren't actually running their pick and roll defense on the basis of actually getting picked. They were just running it on. Okay, here's the defender. This is what we do every single time. Yep. And he was picking that apart. I thought that was pretty brilliant on his end. But you know, ultimately, I do agree with Kerr because Kerr had mentioned in, in his post game that just the defensive energy wasn't there. And how could it be? Is kind of my my response because you know they played three really hard games. The Mavericks played like what Jalen Brunson said on uh, Inside the NBA at the end. He said, you know, they said, how do you look at this? He's like, well, we look at it as three game sevens, essentially. And they definitely played for three quarters like it was a game seven. And the Warriors Mm -hmm. didn't match that energy. And and again, how could they? Because it's not game seven for them. It's just game four. And so, you know, they get they get to go back home. Now, I think this Warriors fan base because in in our minds, three one is like the worst thing possible <laughs> that that we could get. This is why this is also why I really wanted the sweep, right? Because I don't want to hear the three one jokes uh, again. But you know we're gonna have to hear the three one jokes. But if the Mavs can steal this game in Oracle, then that just changes the whole dynamics of the series. Because what they did in Game Four is what they would have to do in game six. And we talked about this, how you go home, you know, you're probably going to get a little bit more of the calls though. I didn't, I didn't sense that the referees were, were, were much in this game. I I didn't even really pay attention to anything other than, mm-hmm. you know, Draymond screaming and one like a bunch of times, but that that's That's kind of what they have to do is they got to get this thing to go back to Dallas, obviously, or else they're going home. But, that ha- this game four is what we thought game three was going to be, right? Me, yep. you, and Ben, we were kind of talking about this in our chat. Like, this is what we thought game three was going to be. It just took them a little while longer. And I'm so thankful that it did, because if game three was tonight's game instead of uh, instead of what happened, they could have easily tied this series and we go back totally. to Oakland, we go back to San Francisco and it's and it's two two. So Warriors won game three, which was tremendous. They they took care of business. They cannot mess around. They need to take care of business in San Francisco again. Um, you know the the second the second quarter that the Mavs just go on this nice run, and I think Luca was even out for most of this run. And uh, you know the third quarter didn't save them like we mm-hmm. kind of always think that the third quarter is going to save them. Yeah, since we don't have any points, there's two things that I noticed. Um, the first was that you know Steph and Wiggins kind of have that like pick and roll defense heavy show down to a T almost mm-hmm. um, where, you know, someone Bullock sets, sets a pick for Luca. Steph comes up and immediately just like shows, maybe tries to pretend like he's going to steal the ball sprints back to Bullock. Yeah. So him and him and uh, Wiggins have that down pretty well, but when it's clay and Steph, I've noticed that clay doesn't like know when Steph's going to stay or not, even though Steph's purposely just showing to run back. So then Clay <laughs> will sag off. Luca gets Steph in front of him. So I'm wondering if like 
you know, and it also seems like the Warriors are comfortable letting um, Wiggins guard guard Lucas, uh, Clay guard Luca, and Draymond guard Luca. Mm-hmm. Maybe to a fault. I don't know if Clay should be guarding Luca. I, I thought Clay was going to be an easier uh, guard to Luca than say you know a John Moran or those quicker guards. I thought Clay would do better on Luca, but I wonder if it is getting Clay on Luca to then try to get Steph on Luca because Clay and Steph don't have this like switch down to a T like Stephen Wiggins does. And then um, I also noticed that there was a lineup out there that it was either Dorian Finney-Smith or Davis Bertans in the center. You'd think Davis Bertans because of the height, but I've seen some Dorian Finney-Smith center lineups and they weren't attacking the paint at all. Yeah. So those are... And, and, and that's what you do, right? Is if you get a little bit of a lead, the way that the Warriors got back into some of these games was attacking the paint, but at, you know, on the road in Dallas, they're probably thinking like, you know, that was really hard what we had to do, you know, in some of these games to do that. So let's see if we can win by the three ball. And they they could not. They they mm-hmm. they were, I think Dallas had uh, twice as many three-pointers made as the Warriors. Uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting because I couldn't tell. There's a couple times where Draymond was really mad. And I was like, who's he mad at? And both times, it kind of looked like he was mad at Clay. I don't know if Clay was supposed to be in an area uh, that he wasn't. Uh, Clay looked like he was, I don't know if he was upset. I'm sure he was upset because they were losing. But there was a little like jogging, sulking a little bit. I I just wonder if he was, if he and Draymond were kind of upset at each other or something uh, because of the defensive stuff. But I'll be interested to see if if I was seeing that correctly or if I was way off and Draymond was mad at something else. But, you know, Clay and Poole are very similar in this series. And maybe I'm not I'm not being as critical on Clay as I should be as I am on Poole. But when they are not making shots, then you start to notice their defense even more. And I, I you know, I, I think I think the announcers are trying to be nice to Clay in some instances. But, uh, you know, some of this of these the Warriors not being able to get out to the three-pointer, to the three-point three, three point line. A lot of this is Clay as well, because he likes to suck into the middle. He sort of sees himself a little bit more as like a physical guard, and he's getting sucked mm-hmm. in, and he cannot get out to the to, to three-point line. What do you think about the play that they, that they run really successfully, where they whip it around to the corner, and then Powell, it's, I think it's usually been Powell, sets that screen, and Draymond cannot get out to the corner. That's, that's what I talked really about in the first one. Yeah, that's what that's I talked really about in the play. first episode. It, it, it's very Spursy, I believe. Like that's what I said. I don't know that for a fact. That's just what I've heard. <laughs> but um, that that is really effective. It's because, yeah, Draymond's Draymond's. You know, he's a roamer. He he's he he he's he's amazing at it. But that that's. If Powell wasn't there, Draymond probably blocks the shot. He's so good at doing that, you know, yeah. run down to the corner and get the block off or get a really good contest. But having Powell there, you know, completely stops him. He can't do it. I don't know how you combat that, though, whether it's the wing guy who helps down really quick and then Draymond can shoot back out to the wing. Um, but yeah, I, that that's <laughs> that's gotten them a good amount of times throughout these series. So what do you think it takes uh, for game five I, I don't sense that the Mavs are gonna just lie gonna just lie down. I mean, I, I think if the Warriors were able to get up by a large amount and you know they're bombing threes and they're smiling and they're wagging their tongue, I, I could see that the the game kind of getting away from the Mavs. 
But ultimately, I think this is very similar to the Grizzlies series when we were talking about the starts. Steph in game three, I know you said you didn't get to see much of it at all, but Steph in game three very much decided that they were not going to start slow. He was driving, he was getting free throws, he was creating and you know off of his drive and getting guys layups. And I think that they have to, I think that that's got to be the mindset again on game five so that we don't have to see uh, a game six. A Steph's got to be super aggressive. He's got to be a little bit ball dominating. Um, you know, that might mean that, that some of these guys stand around a little bit more, but what they, you know, when Steph is, is beating guys off the dribble, that means easy, easy buckets for Wiggins. That means easy buckets for Looney, easy buckets for Draymond, you know, clay. Well, clay's mostly back cutting off of, uh, off of like Draymond stuff. But I, I just think, you know, when, when, when they are relying on this, rhythm game and you know getting everyone the ball and if that starts slow i think that could be a problem so i would hope that they do a lot more of steph dominant stuff especially in that first quarter see if they can wear down the mavs defense a little bit because the way that the mavs are going to win game five is they're gonna be running and gunning and if you can Mm -hmm. slow them down by running your by you know by beating them up on offense by Looney grabbing boards by Draymond grabbing offensive boards and they got to play defense for like two and three possessions in a row sometimes where they don't where they don't get a breather I think I think that's going to be the the key to the game so hopefully they go back to what they did in game three because I would like to see that but is there anything that uh, that you think that they should be doing that they're not doing hitting shots maybe i i think like you said that and also they they got a lot of open shots tonight whether it was in transition whether it was you know they didn't Luka shoot getting poorly mad. you know they shot almost 50 percent as a team but the mavs shot exactly okay but let's do we should take out the fourth quarter yeah i feel like they do for the fourth quarter or like yeah like i don't <laughs> yeah the fourth quarter how, they, they were 15 of 20 so yeah for sure yeah man, that, that that brings it their up. average i mean all the starters were like minus 20 or something like that and yeah, good old Bielitsa was like a plus eighteen, but yeah. um, in transition, I, I, I maybe that's just one possession, but I know Clay came up and got a wide open three, missed it. But there's a lot of times where like Luca is mad at the referee because he didn't get a call, so maybe he oh, doesn't yeah. run back as hard. Oh, you know, yeah. There's a lot of open shots they got from that, especially. So I, I, if the Mavs are betting on a on Warriors on the Warriors to just miss shots like they did in Game Four. Maybe that could work for one more game. It won't work for game six because we all know game six clay. He he is advertising it now. He understands it. Um, but yeah, I I think you can't bet on a scoring team to on, on a shooting team to not hit shots for that many games in a row. I know, you know, the Warriors had game through no game four and game five where it was, it was pretty rough in, in terms of shooting. You know, other teams like the Celtics have have a, have a pretty good shooting team that they 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 live and they die by it in specific games. I think it was like the Bucks game one, and then a, a game in this series. The Heat as well shot like seventy three points in like game three against Philly. Like stuff like that happens. Um, but I mean, they 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 fire back and and they can easily. They're, they're a shooting team, man. You got two of the best three point shooters of all time. You got Jordan Poole, who's gonna who's, who's coming up in the league as as this shot creators who can also snipe from three like it's not gonna continue to 
they're not going to continue to miss shots at this rate like they did this game. That's an outlier. So now that you're close to Chase, are you going to try and go out there for Game Five and watch no, on that I'm big screen? Even, oh, maybe, maybe out in front. Yeah, not in the arena. In the arena, though, That's, you never know. <laughs> you might be able to snipe a a cheap ticket. You're waiting out there. Yeah, I don't. We if we still don't got a couch, man, I still got to worry <laughs> about. I still got to. I don't got to worry about buying a ticket yet, <laughs> but. Yeah, definitely in front of the stadium, I think will be really cool. We were thinking about going today, but um, I, so it's an RSVP process. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Online, it says it opens at 430. And obviously, there's a maximum capacity in that area. You can just yeah. keep filling, filling people. It's in front of the stadium in that little amphitheater. But um, yeah, it's 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 like, a, I don't I think it's an RSVP and then first come, first serve as well. Like, And then they must start shutting it off to people. It yeah. didn't look that that packed today, though. I saw it on yeah, uh, the, I, the TV. I, I think I think it's cool. Uh, I've always wanted to do that, like when they would do it for uh, in 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 old Oracle Oakland Arena, when they would do it for the road games, where you just go to the arena and sit in the arena and watch on the big screen with the fans. That always looked like it was fun, but this actually seems cooler because you got the restaurants around. Mm-hmm. You got you know it's outdoors. It's hot outside. Well, do you remember not, not hot Toronto? Do you remember the 2019 finals, Warriors against Toronto? Mm-mm. Uh, well, Warriors against the Raptors, the finals. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw. I remember the Raptors. <laughs> Do you remember they're how fans. they did it? Like, yeah, they're they're, crazy those, they were all in front of this. Like that looks so crazy. That yeah. that's what it reminds me of. I don't think many stadiums do it like that. Um, I you in game two, I, they showed us the Mavs uh, fans, and they're in the stadium. But I think it's cool this little outdoor amphitheater they have, yeah. especially with like they tried to make it LA Live almost all the stuff around it. Um, that I think that's pretty cool, and and I like that more than inside the stadium. Even though Chase is super nice, I'd love to be inside Chase. Okay, so uh, like I said, this was going to be a little shorter because there uh, there wasn't a whole lot to talk about. There's not a lot that you can actually. Well, is there an update on Auto? Uh, I can check Twitter here. And Iguodala is out for the rest of the series still? (laughs) Who knows about Iguodala? I don't know what he's doing. He keeps recording podcasts. He did one with Looney right after the last game. Uh, And then GP, nothing on him. I saw him doing these just drop Right-handed stuff. Yeah, he's doing right-handed stuff. 6'3", 6'2". How are you doing that? Who else? Uh, uh, Yeah, you know, I I guess we'll we'll probably find out um, tomorrow, a little bit more tomorrow. Uh, you know, who knows about Iguodala? I wish if, if that, that would be like a jolt of energy for them, right? If Iguodala, but maybe they're the, maybe their process, their thought process is, you know, if we could get GP and Iguodala by the opening of the finals, which I think is next Thursday. So, uh, nine days from, from tonight would be the opener of the NBA finals. They got to get there first. So I hope they're not counting their chickens before they hatch, but you know, if you get Iguodala GP back for that, that's like a nice little jolt, nice little boost of energy for the team. But it'd be nice to see Andre for for this game, uh, this game, this game five. You know, Andre understands how to close defensively, and you know, not not. I don't know mm-hmm. if he's. I, they wouldn't rely on him to. He's do not guarding necessarily. No, he wouldn't, he wouldn't guard Luca. He's he's more of like a like a high IQ help. You defender. know where he would help on Luca though. It's because he's got those crazy long arms. Mm-hmm. Luca Swipe does, downs. Lu, well, not only that, but Luca does a lot of this stuff where he does the over the head passes. You know those, and Andre's arms are long enough to get hands on those passes. So, and so I think that would be helpful in the trap. 
yeah. you know, he, he's just he, he's just so so long. So you Luca would have to be a little bit more careful with that stuff. But and then uh, Luca's gonna guard him and step off the three point <laughs> line by twenty feet. Yeah, I just gotta hit him, man. <laughs> um, anything on uh, Celtics Heat? Like the I did the Heat did uh, Celtics did not run away from the Heat like I thought they were in Game Three, but they sure did in Game Four. That was not close. So, yeah, I mean. What I was saying, because Obi's a big Heat fan, but what it seems like is, I, I think the Celtics are just more talented, but the Heat kind of have that championship pedigree, I guess. Not really, but they've been to the finals. Kyle Lowry, 2019, beat the Warriors. P.J. Tucker last year. You know, th- these are nice little role players that have, have been there. But also, um, Heat game one, kind of a blowout, but the Celtics came back in it, so not really a blowout. Game two, the Celtics beat them pretty convincingly. Game three, the Heat were blowing blowing. Uh, the Celtics out and then Jimmy goes down Celtics come back in the game game four Celtics blowout so it just seems like the heat the Celtics wins are very convincing whereas the heat ones you you you're you're left with a little bit of like oh maybe the Celtics could have gotten that one I still think that it's, it's going to be the Celtics I could see Celtics and seven that's what I had predicted um but the heat you know they struggle with offensive consistency and when you lose a guy like Tyler Hero who was your highest points per game guy in the regular season, you're obviously going to take a big hit. We were arguing on the podcast who is more important for which team, Marcus Smart for the Celtics or Tyler Hero for the Heat. Both players are almost essential for their teams, Mm -hmm. but I could totally see Tyler Hero being more important for the Heat because without Tyler Hero, there's just not much offense to go around. Right. So, right. You know, I think the Heat have yet to prove to me that they can be consistent offensively in this playoffs, and I think that could be their downfall. All right. uh, So if the Warriors can close out soon enough you know they could give themselves a week of rest and we know that the earliest that uh boston and miami could could finish is friday Uh, i think friday would be game six for them and then sunday if if necessary is game seven so the warriors could get a nice little break if they just take care of business i mean they should have taken care of business tonight. They would have had nine days of rest, but mm-hmm. you know, sometimes that stuff doesn't work the best either because you kind of get out of rhythm and such. But for this team, I think it would have helped out because uh, you know we talked about GP, Andre. I'm sure these guys are dinged up. You saw Steph got kneed in the thigh today. Um, Clay could always use the rest. He could get some bounce back. So uh, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll be here after game five on Thursday night. And for very selfish reasons, I want them to close out because I'm going, I'm going to Vegas and I don't have to watch basketball oh, yeah. in Vegas when I'm supposed to be doing other stuff. So um, hopefully they can do it for me. Maybe, maybe they'll do it. They'll do it for my birthday. But uh, yeah. So, all right. We'll be back uh, in a couple days with uh, the recap of game five. So uh, check out uh, the BAM pods on Twitter and the BAM pod on Instagram. When is the episode that you guys just recorded going up? Probably by, I'll throw it on tonight, so tomorrow morning. All right, cool. All right, so for uh, for Brian, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.